Kia ora, New Life and Connect Fano. Pray you're doing okay. If you are watching from Auckland, still in level four, I just want to say our heart goes out to you. We pray a extra measure of God's peace and comfort over you all, especially at this time. Today we're going to continue with the series we've been doing, Let Jesus Speak. And of course, in most Bibles, what Jesus said is written in red. So it's not too hard to find out what he said. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This morning, Lord, may we hear and listen and know your voice. Jesus, you are the word that became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. May your very word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path because who Jesus was remains who Jesus is. And Jesus Christ, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And everybody said, Amen. When we were in Israel a couple of years ago, we were taken to an area or place where traditionally it's thought that Jesus gave what is often called the Sermon on the Mount. It was a beautiful place overlooking the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum. And that discourse of Jesus, you know and I know, powerfully shaped and still is powerfully shaping and influencing nations and peoples all over the earth. It really was a game changer. But it begins with what is called the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes, or that word just really means a declaration of blessing. And today I want to address the last of the eight blessings Jesus gave. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. I'm going to start today by saying this. Not everybody's going to like you. I'll say it again. Not everybody's going to like you. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you seek to follow him, obey him, live out and proclaim his teaching, you're just going to know not everybody's going to like you. In fact, some people will most likely, highly probably, greatly dislike you. And, and I, I guess I'm really saying you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with that. Now, let me just say at the onset here, this message is, is not going to be five tips for living your best life now. If that's what the kind of message you're looking for, it's probably now is the time to change the channel. But I do believe this message today will help you if you let the words of Christ speak to your heart and to your life. Christianity, according to the widely respected Pew report, and should I say many other sources, 
remains the world's most persecuted religion. Christians are subject, the report says, to real and sustained violence for the profession of their faith. We have been hearing of the real and desperate plight of the believers in Afghanistan at the moment under the Taliban, and it's sickening. It's been one of the fastest-growing churches in the world, but many believers now in that land are in fear for their lives. Open Doors, an organization that works with a persecuted church around the world, says around the world more than 340 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution, persecution just for following Jesus. That's one in eight believers worldwide. Friend, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody is going to like what you stand for. Not everybody's going to like what, what you believe in. And you need to be okay with that. See, I think it's fair to say, even in our so-called progressively woke society, Christians intentionally or unintentionally are being slowly marginalized, their voices silenced, canceled, censored, even ignored. We now live in a world that is increasingly hostile to the truth of God's words. Your preachy post can result in your personal public persecution. A tweet can now threaten your job. This week in Australia's parliament, the leader of a certain political party called Pentecostalism, a death cult, and refused to apologize for doing so. Of course, this was said because Prime Minister Scott Morrison is a Pentecostal Christian. You see, it amazes me how could someone get away with calling a faith group that represents approximately 600 million people to which you and I belong. It amazes me that they can get away with calling that amount or size or group of people a death cult. And yes, I'm sorry to tell you, you are, according to this politician, part of a death cult. And why it amazes me is, is because could such a statement be said of any other faith or any other religion? I think not. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody is going to like what you stand for or believe in. And you need to be okay with that. In fact, Jesus is saying, you're blessed. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed are you when people falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of my word. He said, rejoice and be glad. Now, of course, most believers, if we're 
were, were honest, would, would not regard any of those things as a blessing or as something to rejoice and be glad. And in fact, they, they might see it as the exact opposite of that, the exact opposite of a blessing. And it appears to me, and I could be wrong, but it appears to me that many believers in these days that we live are looking or seeking for the world's acceptance, for the world's approval, for the world's understanding. It's like we want the world to like us. We want the world to, to, to get us. We want the world to know that we are nice, that we are nice, that we're not mean. We, we want the world to know that, that we're not mean and we're nice. We want the world to know that Jesus is nice. Can't you see we're, we're, we're nice people? And I, I think as a whole, we are. But it's like, to me anyway, it's like some believers seem to be more concerned with being nice than doing right. More concerned with being nice than speaking the truth. And so I do wonder if we perhaps have lost our way a little and that it's not the world's approval we should be seeking. Well, that's a good place to say amen right there. See, some Christians seem to believe that, that the world thinking you are good, that the world thinking you are nice or sweet is a somehow a sign of Christian success. That you've got the Jesus love thing down right. You've got the Jesus love thing down pat. And people now just, they, they, they just get you. They, they love you. you. You have got your light shining just, just right. But my struggle with that is this is that Jesus was love personified. Jesus is love personified, but they crucified him. I know none of us would consider ourselves as ones who could model love like Jesus did. To the level Jesus did. Yet they hated him. Friends, I want to say this. The world's reaction to God, to truth, is not a marker of its value or worth. The world's reaction to God or truth is not a marker of the level of love it was spoken in. Just because someone finds biblical truth offensive does not mean it was spoken or not spoken out of a heart of love. I saw this post the other day, and I think it's a word to us. The post said, stop romanticizing biblical love. It is not a love that leaves people with fuzzy feelings. It's the kind of love that leads people to go to battle for the ones they love. It's the kind of love that lays down its life for another's highest good. You've just got to know sometimes. It doesn't matter how nicely 
or lovingly you speak the truth. The world often does not want to hear it and will hate it and sometimes will hate you for it. When I found Christ, my life changed. I was a drug addict. God touched my life, turned me around. Someone witnessed to me. My life changed overnight. Went to a church meeting, got saved. Overnight, my life changed. And I began to travel with a person who led me to Christ around the country. And we were preaching on the streets. And we found ourselves in Cathedral Cathedral Square down in Christchurch preaching the gospel. I'd only been a Christian a few weeks and I, and I was so on fire and, and, and a sense of like, man, everyone, now everybody's going to love this. This is such a, why wouldn't anyone love this? And then as we were preaching and singing, we were singing on uh, in Cathedral Square, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine and, and, and preaching. And I'm thinking everybody needs to hear that. Everybody's going to love this. Everybody's going to love this change that's happened in my life. And then it hit me. The Lion Lager beer can hit me. <laughs> it hit me at full force throttle. It, 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 and, and what hit me literally was that not everybody is going to like what's happened in you. Not everybody's going to like that realization dawn. That not everybody's going to like the message that we carry. In fact, Jesus said this. And let's let Jesus speak. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Oh, this is powerful. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. The great Bible commentator Matthew Henry said this, Christ followers cannot expect better treatment in the world than their master had. Paul the Apostle of Christ, the, uh, the persecutor who became a preacher, said this. He said, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life, it's not just saying I'm a Christian. If, if you desire to live a godly life, he's saying here's the fact. Here's the facts. You want the facts? Here's the facts. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be, not might be, will be persecuted. See, Jesus made it clear to his disciples. He said, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise. Don't be, don't be stupid. Be wise. Be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. 16th century Puritan preacher John Flavel said this, no man has a velvet cross. Oh, that's so good. No man has a velvet cross. 
as followers of Christ, we must understand the cross is to be carried. We are not at liberty to step over it or to go around it. The cross is to be carried. You know, as a Christian in these days we live, there's no doubt it's way easier to sit down and shut up rather than stand and speak up. But I want to say to you today, don't be silenced. Don't let man's disapproval stop you from speaking and proclaiming the truth of God's holy word. Why? Because future generations depend on us. Future generations depend on us preaching the uncompromising truth of God's word and his glorious gospel no matter what. No matter what. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Listen, Jesus did not come to impress the world. He did not come. Jesus did not come to impress the world. He came to save it. We must, of course, in the midst of all of this, we must, as Jesus said, love our enemies. We must pray for those who persecute us. But I want to encourage you today, don't place value on getting man's approval, but rather God's. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, said this, he values not Christ at all, who does not value Christ above all. Oh, I'll say that again. He values not Christ at all, who does not value Christ above all. He is above all things. And so I'm saying here today, be blessed, my brother. Be blessed my sister, and sometimes that blessing doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. But be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, known actually as the Sermon on the Plain. In Matthew, it's the Sermon on the Mountain. Luke's gospel, it's the Sermon on the Plain, not on a plain, although there are people who give, like my friend Des Chettle there, uh, who gives sermons on planes, it's on the plane, on the plane. Uh, but here's what it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Jesus says, blessed are you. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil. Jesus is saying you're blessed. Blessed are you. And people hate you, exclude you, feeling excluded, feeling left out because of your Christian faith. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. And Jesus said this, rejoice in that day. 
Rejoice in that day. Don't get depressed. Don't get down. Don't go, why is this happening to me? Jesus said it will happen. Rejoice in that day. Like I say, don't get depressed. Don't get down. Dance. In fact, it says rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Because great is your reward in heaven. Blessed are you, my brother. Blessed are you, my sister. I pray that message has encouraged you today. You know, before we close, I just want to give people an opportunity to get right with God. I don't know if you're, this is the first time you're tuning in. I don't know, but I don't want to leave this online service without giving people an opportunity to get right with God. As I said a little earlier, I became a Christian from a background of uh, drug abuse and so on. God changed my life and what he did for me, he can do for you. If you would give your life to him. Now you might be thinking, well, I I, I don't know. Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. And I, I, I say this every week. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. It's not you reaching up to God. It's God reached down to man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Truth is, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's a gift. Will you receive what Christ has made available to you? Maybe you've been going to uh, church all your life, but you've never given your heart to Christ. You've never fully handed over your life and made Him Lord of it. Well, let today be that day. So if that's you, wherever you are, let's all together bow our heads and pray this prayer with me. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I turn from my sin and turn towards God. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Be not just my Savior, but be my Lord from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close, why don't you stand, put your hands out like that as I pronounce a blessing over you with some ancient words from the Old Testament. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.